Well, today is the first Sunday in Lent, and if you aren't familiar with Lent, it is the 40-day season in the church calendar leading up to Easter. And traditionally, Lent is a season of fasting and preparation, and it's during this season that we prepare ourselves to be able to properly celebrate Easter. We began this journey a few days ago on Ash Wednesday, and today is kind of the first Sunday in Lent. So we started this sermon series that we are in now on Ash Wednesday, and this is our, indeed our first Sunday. So if you weren't with us at Ash Wednesday, the series is called With My Whole Self. And in the midst of this series, we will be talking about what it looks like to love God with the whole of who we are. Uh, before we jump in, though, I want to share a bit about how we got here. I think the this series in particular, that it will be really helpful to know a little bit of backstory of what led up to this series. So several times a year, we gather as a staff worship team to work on mapping out our sermon series that we have coming up for the next series of months. And when we do this kind of work, we try to both look back at where we have been and also to prayerfully look forward to ask, what does our congregation need to hear uh, right now or in a season that is to come? And we also ask things like, what is God doing in our midst that we need to listen to a little bit more closely? Or what do we need to pay attention to that God might be inviting us into over the next couple months? So about eight months ago in May of last year, we gathered to do some of this work of mapping out sermon series. And we ended up putting a bunch of the series from the last two years up on the wall. So we ask ourselves, where can we remember of where we have been and what series have kind of stood out to us most? And when we put all of those series names up on the wall, we noticed that we actually had been on a pretty consistent journey. We've been naming and highlighting similar themes. So over the last two years, if we kind of were to frame up where it is we feel like we have been, we feel like we've had a call to repentance, an invitation to return to God with our whole selves, all that we are, all that we have, both the good, the bad, and the ugly, kind of all of our lives. And we recognize that there are also really hurdles and barriers to this work. We've talked about kind of fragmented lives and life in boxes. You might remember that series, how we've had hard hearts and that can keep us from the work of giving ourselves to God with our full self. We've talked about how shame and guilt, as well as cultural form notions of God, that we might need to unpack a little bit to be able to come to God with the fullness of who we are. So we've been working to name through this kind of series of series, how we can love God, worship God, be consumed by God, and know God all with our whole selves. We've used kind of different language all throughout, but again, we didn't really realize that we had intentionally been on this journey, but it became pretty clear as we put all of these different series up on the wall and saw them all together. So you might be wondering, all right, Hope, that's cool, but what does that have to do with this particular series? Why does this all matter? Well, about a year ago, a little less than a year ago, in March of last year, so even before we kind of mapped out the series of series, was when we first created the sermon series document that I'm actually preaching from today. So this was our first round of brainstorming of what it would look like to do a sermon series where we are talking about having an embodied faith, a faith that embodies everything that we do, the fullness of who we are. And that was, again, when the sermon series doc was first created, and it's gone through several different iterations. But as Shelby, Owen, and I have been crafting this series in particular, the more we got into mapping it out, the more we realized that we were highlighting many themes that we have been preaching about for the last two years. And 
it led to a little bit of frustration. Even like for a hot second, we were just like, oh gosh, do we need to scrap this entire sermon series that we've been so excited about and tried to actually preach several times and ended up moving it around? Do we just need to scrap it all because we've already said these words? We don't want to sound like a broken record. And we found ourselves kind of fighting that tension and trying to figure out what to do next. But in the space of that conversation, we sensed God actually inviting us to ask a different sort of question, to ask who in our community is already living into these questions of what living a life of faith that embodies the love of Jesus in all that we do might look like. So we've actually decided to turn over the microphone for most of Lent to hear from y'all about what this journey has been like for you and your own personal life of faith over the last few years, to hear what types of things you've been processing. And today I will set up the series and at the end, Owen will close it out. But in between, you'll have the treat of getting to hear from several people in our congregation that have graciously agreed to preach. And even more than that, we have several more people that have agreed to share their own stories of processing and what it looks like for them in this season to love God with the whole of themselves. So you really are in for a treat. It is going to be an incredible season as we kind of process collectively. Anyway, I realize that is a really long introduction to a sermon, but I do feel like some of the setup of how we got here is going to be helpful to inform the rest of where we are headed in this season and why we are spending most of the season asking questions of you. So you'll notice in your booklet for Lent, it's just a series of different questions in space for you to reflect as we are inviting lay members of our congregation to kind of publicly reflect a little bit more as well. So as we talk about what it looks like to love God with our full selves, the framing of scripture that we will be using throughout the series is called the Shema. And the Shema is a prayer from the Old Testament that Jewish people have prayed for thousands of years, every morning and every evening. And even if you have not heard the word Shema before, if that's new language for you, I'm going to venture to guess that you probably already are familiar with some of the words of the Shema. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You might know that Jesus called these words the greatest commandment. And Jesus goes on to also name the second greatest commandment in Matthew chapter 22, verse 39. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And the Shema embodies the heart of God's desire for us to love God with the fullness of who we are. And then by extension of that love to love our neighbors as ourselves. Matthew even goes on to say that on these two commandments rests all of the law and all of the prophets, meaning that taken together, the Hebrew scriptures of the Old Testament can be boiled down into these two commandments to love God, and to love neighbor. Everything that we ever think or believe or say or do about God must be motivated by these core impulse to love God and to love neighbor. So knowing the importance of this scripture, it is not surprising to me that Deuteronomy then highlights the importance of remembering this commandment. as It invites us to do whatever we can to not forget this commandment, to love God with the whole of who we are. It goes on to say, these commandments that I give you today to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Remember that? We're going to come back to it in a second. And then also wrap them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Now, these instructions might sound a little bit extreme, but they certainly, I think, speak to the importance of remembering to love God with the whole of who we are. 
Now, dating all the way back to the third century AD, Jews have been, because of this commandment, they've been fixing these scriptures on the doorposts of their home inside of what's called a mezuzah. And you'll be able to see a, a photo of this up on the screen. And it is a case that is fixed on a doorpost. And actually inside of that case, it has a strip of parchment that has this commandment uh, fixed inside of it. So that anytime you walk through the entrance of your home or whether you leave your house, you can go through this scripture and can be reminded to love the Lord your God with the whole of who you are. Um, the scripture also talked about tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And again, Jews for quite some time have bound the scripture on their head and foreheads through um, tefillin, which is a small leather box uh, filled with scripture containing leather straps that you can both wrap around your head and then also, and, and forehead, and then also wrap around your arms. And we have some more photos of that as well so that you can see exactly what this might look like. So by praying the Shema daily, we learn to offer all that we have and all that we are to God. And God promises in return to offer each of us a transformed life. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring what it looks like to love God with the whole of who we are. I love how the scripture breaks down kind of the whole of who we are into several parts. Our heart, which you'll learn in that week that it also means our mind. So sometimes it's translated as both heart and mind. Sometimes it's just one together. Um, our heart, our soul, and our strength. And while these three distinct parts are all distinct, each of them I think helps us think a little bit more fully about what it means to offer God our hearts, our mind, our soul, and our strength, to offer, again, the whole of who we are, even with all of those individual parts. So our lay preachers will be diving a little bit more fully into those three distinct parts, but I want to end today by thinking about actually the very first word of the Shema says here. Now, I can tell you it has been many years that I have kind of recited this scripture and I could tell it to you front and back. And at the same time, I can also tell you that for most of my life, I have thought that the first word in the Shema is H-E-R-E. -E. But actually the first word in the Shema is H-E-A-R, to hear, um, as in to listen. Now, when we think of hear as not just like a place, but to hear or to listen, I think it changes so much of how this verse is set up. The Hebrew word for hear is Shema, which is why we actually call this prayer the Shema. This word means to hear as in to listen, but it also means to pay attention to or to focus on. So it's an invitation to pay attention, to focus at the very beginning before we even get into the rest of the scripture. Shema can also mean to respond to what you hear. It can be a call for help. We often hear in the Psalms a cry to Shema my voice or to hear my voice when I call, O Lord, to be merciful and to answer me. So therefore, it's a call for God to help, not just to hear us, but to do something about what God is hearing us say to God. It's also fascinating to me that in the Hebrew scriptures, there aren't separate words for listen and obey. But this call to listen is actually also a call to obey. So in the Shema, when we say hear, O Israel, at the very beginning, it's an invitation not just to hear the rest of the words of the Shema, but it, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. But it is also an invitation to obey, 
to put these words into actions such that the whole of our lives embodies this love of our God. So throughout the season of Lent, we will be praying these words together. They are listed in your reflection guide that you should be able to download online or come by the church and get. And I certainly would encourage you to find a way to put these words before you, whether you take the time to write them out or you put this handout in a place that you'll be able to see it regularly. I'd encourage you both to use it as a reflection guide as well as an invitation to pay attention to how you are offering your whole self to God during this season of Lent. So as we wrap up this morning, I'd like to offer the question that I have been asking myself to you so that you also can be reflecting alongside us this week. And the question, which is also listed in your handout, is what have you been hearing from God lately? What has God been inviting or challenging you to pay attention to or to focus on? During this season of Lent, we take time to listen to our God more closely, to pay attention in a different sort of way to what God is inviting or challenging us to pay attention to or focus on. So it feels like kind of a fitting question for us to end with today. I know for me, I've sensed a call from God in this season to pay attention to paying attention more. I can too easily find myself numbing out as I scroll on my phone or zone out at the end of the day, just trying to turn my brain off for a second rather than paying attention to what God is doing around me, taking time to listen and reflect, pay attention to those around me and what God might be saying through each of them. I've also found God inviting me to trust God with both the little things and the big things in my life, recognizing that too often I have a desire to control what is not mine to control. So part of my own personal work this Lent is to offer God the whole of who I am, to offer my worries, my plans, my joys, all to our God who is abundantly faithful. So as we consider in the season of Lent what it looks like to offer our whole selves to God, I am going to turn it over to Ryan Ede, who's going to share a little bit more about his own spiritual journey that he's been on over the last couple years and kind of what he has been processing as he considers what it has looked like for him to be able to offer his whole self to God. Good morning, Fafumsi. My name is Ryan Ede, and today I want to share with you a little about my journey of spiritual growth over the last few years and how it has impacted my life. Our family started attending Favumsi in 2019, and we began getting plugged in through Bible studies and small groups. I started to look for ways to serve and get connected with the praise team, where I could leverage some of my spiritual gifts as a musician. The more involved we started to become, the more we felt like Favumsi was our new church home, and we decided to join as members in March of 2020 right before the pandemic shutdown. The Sunday that we were supposed to take our membership vows was actually the first Sunday that the church canceled in-person worship due to the pandemic. This was a time of uncertainty and anxiety for everyone. As the world shifted to virtual spaces for school and work, I felt more disconnected than ever. Thankfully, I received the opportunity to join the new stream team, leveraging some of my technology skills to help support our church's streaming services. I also applied my recent experience on the tech team to new ministries by serving with our youth tech team, helping them to learn the ropes of the sound booth and planting the early seeds of serving at church. These roles resonated with my belief that I was meant to serve in the background, supporting our church without stepping into any sort of visible leadership role. I've always felt hesitant about leadership at church, doubting myself and fearing the responsibility of guiding others without formal theological training. The thought of misinterpreting scripture or saying the wrong thing is scary to me. Through several of the sermon series, I started to work on my spiritual self and figure out where God was working in my life. 
During the All Things New series, we were called to leave behind our fear. The power to serve is built on our confidence in God. I knew that calling made sense, but it didn't make it any less difficult. I would need constant encouragement to grow. Another series that spoke to me was Life in Boxes. Owen and Hope used physical boxes to show how we tend to compartmentalize various portions of our life, keeping them separate. Our work, family, personal, and church lives are often purposely disconnected. I realized that I actively kept many aspects of my life separate, but worse yet, I was trying to hide some portions of my life from God. I didn't feel like I needed to bring God into my work environment, which contributed to the feeling that things were fractured. I knew that these teachings were calling me to become a better version of myself. I needed to find a way to see God working throughout all the different compartments of my life. Unfortunately, with the constant busyness of work and family commitments, I found it difficult to see God's work in my life at all. I was too busy focusing on all the things that I needed to get done each week. This led me to start to carve out times of quiet during commutes, camping trips, and hiking trips. In these moments of solitude, prayer became a conduit through which I could see God's work in the world around me. I've been blessed with many spiritual gifts, yet struggled how to apply them best to serve God. Our family has always prioritized financial giving, viewing it as returning to God what is already His. I realize that this principle also applies to spiritual gifts bestowed upon us. They are given to us to serve God in His kingdom. The idea propelled me to get involved more deeply with our church, stepping out of my comfort zone to serve in capacities that once seemed difficult, such as co-leading a Bible study for our scouting youth. It became clear to me that serving God isn't just about volunteering time. It's about dedicating our whole selves, our talents, and our hearts to Him. This led me to look for ways that I could push beyond my comfort level and serve in other capacities that I didn't feel confident in. I was called to serve on our staff parish relations committee. This was a big step for me personally because it put me in a role that definitely started to feel very visible, and that was the type of role I would normally navigate away from. Fortunately, I was able to use some of my work experiences to work on a subcommittee of SPRC and focus on some of the benefits around the staff. It made me feel like I could leverage some of the gifts that God gave me to help improve a part of our church. I know I need to continue to motivate, my, motivate myself to take the challenge and grow. One of my driving motivations has been to set an example for my sons. It's so important for them to see their dad living out a commitment of giving, serving, and loving God with all that I am. It's easy to tell your kids what you care about and what you want them to focus their attention on, but it's much more powerful to stand up and lead by example. This journey has led me to reflect deeply on what it means to be a disciple of Christ, integrating the teachings and sermons into my daily life. In sharing my story, I hope to encourage others to recognize and use their gifts and service to God. It's about moving from a place of doubt and hesitation to one of active faith and service. It's about seeing every aspect of our lives as an opportunity to serve and glorify God. Thank you for allowing me to share a little about my journey with you. I'm still working towards becoming a better disciple of Jesus, and each day is one step towards that goal. Well, it's been great to worship with you together during this time. Uh, we'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship in person or online, live on Sunday mornings or throughout the week. You can find more information about our worship times or worship with us online at fvumc.org. And while you're there, uh, you can find plenty of ways to connect with us, uh, whether that's uh, connecting in for an opportunity for community around here or serving the greater Fuquay community around us. Uh, so we'd love to invite you to join us for those. 
Uh, if this is a resource that provides you spiritual sustenance and you'd like to partner with us in making it possible for everyone else while you're there, the top right-hand corner, there's a button that says give, or you can go to fvumc.org slash give and make a gift there that makes the mission and ministry of this place possible. We're so thankful for everyone who partners with us uh, to do just that. Listen, it's been great. It's been great to be together with you uh, in this moment. And we look forward to worshiping again with you real soon. We'll see you then.